It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every day. Make sure to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on YouTube. 919 subscribers as of this recording. Thank you so much to everyone who watches the show and subscribed to the show so far over on YouTube. And if you have not done so, go ahead and click that button right here in this bottom right corner. Click subscribe, tell your friends, your family, everyone who's a Carolina Panthers fan who wants this information. And if you enjoy what I do here, let them know about Locked On Panthers so that they can also watch the show and subscribe to the show over on YouTube. Let's get to 1,000 by next Monday. And, of course, we want to get there by the NFL Draft. Now, if you don't watch the show on YouTube, that's okay. You can check us out on all of the traditional podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, rate, review, subscribe there. Follow us over on Spotify. Check us out on Google Podcasts, Stitcher odyssey we are on every single one of those podcasting platforms and be sure to follow me at julian council on twitter where every single friday i answer your weekly friday mailbag questions so either at me at julian council dm me at julian council or you can leave a comment on a monday tuesday wednesday or thursday show from that week over on youtube and i will answer your question on friday so the weekly friday mailbag Every single Friday here on Locked on Panthers, unless there's a holiday. Um, okay, so I want to look back at the 2020 Carolina Panthers draft class. It was Matt Rule's first draft class. Of course, Marty Herney was still here. I want to kind of look at back at those kind of players and see what they've done so far in Carolina and compare it to 2021, even though it's a little bit too early. I know they come out with draft grades after every single draft class. I know last year the Panthers got a lot of A's. Let's just compare what we saw year one of Matt Rule when he was here with Marty Herney to last year with Scott Fitterer and just kind of how those guys performed so far here in Carolina. But before then, let's get back to what's going on here with the sixth overall pick in a couple of weeks as we are continuing to have the conversation what the Carolina Panthers will do. Will they take a left tackle? Will they draft a quarterback? Will they trade back? There's two scenarios to me that make the most sense for the Carolina Panthers. Scenario one is they stay at six and they take a left tackle. Scenario two, which we talked about on Monday, is that they trade back, recoup those second, third-round picks that they gave away for Sam Darnold and for C.J. Henderson, respectively with the Jets and the Jaguars, and they're able to potentially take a quarterback and a left tackle, or they get a left tackle, an edge rusher, or whatever combination that they feel is best for the team moving forward. It makes a lot of sense that the Carolina Panthers would trade back. They back themselves in a corner, not only only having one pick in the first 100 picks, and the next pick comes late in the fourth round. That's not a position that you want to be in. Yes, Scott Fitterer wants to take a player right there at six who could be an impact player, and I don't think that's a quarterback. It could be in the future. I just don't think that either Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, whoever they think is worthy of the sixth overall pick potentially at quarterback is going to do enough this upcoming season to help the Carolina Panthers win. They should want to do whatever they can to try and win here in year three. I understand that Matt Rule wanting to save his job is not going to influence how the Panthers go about the draft. 
whatsoever. He said it in the past that he's not going to do anything that's going to hurt this team long term. And according to our Breer of Sports Illustrated, his Monday morning quarterback column that comes out, of course, every Monday, he says that David Tepper is not going to allow Matt Rule to do anything to set the franchise back in an attempt to save his job. So taking a player there at six would be great because you're going to get someone very good there, especially if it's a left tackle like Evan Neal or Ike Aquanu. We'll see maybe Charles Cross makes sense there. Trevor Pinning, they can find someone who can start day one at left tackle right there at six, which is what I would love for them to do. Honestly, that's my preferred thing for the Carolina Panthers to do, just knowing that over the last couple of years, I have just been banging the table, begging this team to get someone to protect the blind side, whether it was Cam Newton, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Garner last year. It did not matter. I wanted the quarterback to have an opportunity to stay healthy with a good left tackle. They decided to go in the bargain bin last season with Cam Irving. The year before that, with Matt Rule here, they went out and got Russell Okung when they traded away Trey Turner to the Chargers, which opened up some cap space that then left them susceptible still at left tackle because Okung, who had issues with health back with the Chargers, those carried over to Carolina, and he barely played, and thus I called him the rent tackle, even though I, it sucks that he got injured. Obviously, the guy wanted to play hard and all and play well. Just did not work out here for Carolina. And it was also kind of weird that before the season, he was talking about potentially retiring. Now it was 2020. The pandemic was going on. All the restrictions. Totally get why someone would be like, maybe this isn't for me anymore. And he's an interesting guy. The whole Bitcoin salary situation they had going on. Seemed like an interesting dude here in Carolina. Just didn't work out for the Panthers. It's time to find that long-term answer. I know a lot of you think Brady Christensen can be that. And the Panthers have come around on the idea that, hey, Maybe we were wrong. Maybe we should have given Brady Christensen more looks last year. James Campen, who comes over as the new offensive line coach after spending 15 years in Green Bay and spending a couple seasons down in Houston, he looks at Christensen as someone he can work with, and he has a great track record of being able to develop middle to late round guys and turn them into pro bowlers. And that will be key, especially the Panthers do just take a left tackle or a player there at six and then aren't able to draft again until the fourth or fifth round and then that's when they have to take another offensive lineman to add depth. Either way, they're going to need depth on the offensive line. If you could tell me the situation where they take a left tackle who starts there, at the six overall picks, a left tackle who starts day one, you have Bradley Bozeman potentially at center, and Elfline is going to be the backup at guard and center. You can put in Christensen there at left guard, Deontay Brown at right guard, or, I mean, you really actually Austin Corbett at right guard. You got Deontay Brown in the background. I mean, there's... A great scenario where, okay, let's, let's go back. Backtrack here for a second. Left tackle is a sixth overall pick. Um, left guard, let's say Bradley Bozeman. And then, or it could be Brady Christensen. Let's say Brady Christensen at left guard. Then Bradley Bozeman at center. Right guard is Austin, Austin Corbett. And the right tackle is Terry Moten. Then you have Deontay Brown backing up, Pat Elfline backing up, and Cam Irving backing up. And then maybe Dennis Daly, depending on how, Things work out with him, Michael Jordan as well. You got to feel a lot better about that depth on the offensive line than what we had last year. Like adding more depth to the offensive line, a unit that has been terrible. I don't think there's any problem with that because when you get someone there at six who could start from day one, all that does is push some guys back who would have started. Like an elf line, I don't know if a lot of you are really excited about the prospect of him potentially starting this upcoming season, even if it's at center, a position that he's way more comfortable playing at in the NFL, but also a position back in Minnesota where he was replaced by Garrett Bradbury. Or, as I said on Monday, and as we talked about a few minutes ago here, they could trade back. Forget about the sixth pick. Trade back to the early to mid-teens. Now, having a willing trade partner is important. 
and not giving up on a player. Maybe the players that they want are not there at six, and that's okay. Let's do it. I'm sure there's an appetite, and Scott Fitterer is open to it. He's open to everything. He's going to, like you said, be in on every deal, like he told us from day one in Carolina, and he's certainly done that. Now, being in on every deal has led to the Panthers not having a second-round pick, not having a third-round pick, and being shut out currently on Friday in day two of the NFL draft. So I appreciate his aggressiveness, and I'm sure he's getting orders from above the owner, David Tepper, that are leading to these issues that Carolina has heading into the draft. But still, he will find a way, I think, to be able to get some picks. And the most logical way would be trading back from six. But you can miss out on a player who could be a franchise cornerstone for 10 years. But you need more players. You need more bites at the apple. We saw a couple years ago, which you're going to go over here shortly, seven picks, all defensive players. And last year, went in with only seven picks, came out with 11. Traded back four times. He knows how to do it. And I trust Scott Fitter on draft night to do what's best for the Carolina Panthers organization. There's really only two op- uh, scenarios for me that make a lot of sense. Take someone at left tackle there at six or trade back, recoup some of those day two picks and get more bites at the apple. And hopefully the Carolina Panthers can build a better overall team by not having to have that massive gap from six to later on in the fourth round at pick 100, whatever it's going to be. All right, so let's look back at the 2020 draft. That was Matt Rule's first draft, pandemic going on, Marty Herney was still here, and the Panthers came out with a damn good player, maybe the best second-round pick in franchise history, and then a couple guys who uh, have left some things to be desired. Let's compare that to last year, which is still pretty early in a 2021 draft class. Let's compare what we saw in 2020 to 2021 as Carolina Panthers get ready for the third installation of a draft class here under Matt Rule in year three here in 2022 in just a couple of weeks. So we'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, Something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's insane protection program. Shady Ray's includes loss and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America when you shop with Shady Ray's. Exclusively for our listeners here in Locked On, head to ShadyRays.com and use promo code Locked On to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's code Locked On for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We spent a lot of time trying to figure out what this 2022 draft class might look like here in year two of Scott Fitter as a general manager and year three of Matt Rule and really just the first full season of Scott Fitter being here in Carolina and the first opportunity for him to really have full control of the draft process to lead up and hiring scouts. Because here's the thing, when he came in last year, the Panthers had already done all their scouting from the prior year in that 2022-20 fall. Then Scott Fitter comes. That's the opportunity following the draft where he can go out there and try and bring his own guys and he can start up his own scouting program and understand how things should be laid foundational-wise here in the front office of the Carolina Panthers and how they evaluate players. So it'll be very interesting to see how things look like here in about, what, two and a half weeks as we were 15 days away from the start of the 2022 NFL draft. And damn, I cannot wait to get to it, man. We have spent a lot of time talking about the draft and I'm going to have to get some guys on here over the next couple of weeks, uh, give us even more in-depth looks at some of the other players that we might be looking at for Carolina. Because right now we're sitting there, all right, the conversation is, who's going to be there at six? Who are we going to take at six? And then, well, there's a huge gap to four. That might not be the case. So I'm going to try and find out somebody who can help us out with some later on uh, picks, potentially the Panthers could be looking at. And it's hard to speculate because I, I don't know how we would do this if we didn't have a pick number six. Like, Last year was easy to pick A, and then there's a need for a quarterback, which is the same for this year, but it was a deeper quarterback class. And then what if we were, like, drafting 30th? Then it'd be like, I don't know at all who we're going to take there at 30th. And it'd be great because the team's very good, so it doesn't really matter all that much who the pick is. But here in Carolina, right now, looking at six pick, we are still trying to find someone who can potentially change franchise. That might be a quarterback. Now, let's reevaluate the 2020 Carolina Panthers draft class as – they famously became the first team in NFL history to use every single one of their draft picks on the defense. Matt Rula said that they wanted to go back after evaluating. Well, earlier this offseason, when asked about just how he was going to build the offense and saying it was now time to rebuild the offense and to invest in the offense. He said when he came to Carolina, it was about trying to fix that defense after you saw countless veterans leave. You saw Mario Addison leave, go to Buffalo. You saw Bruce Irvin leave. You saw Gerald um McCoy leave you saw Luke Keekley, of course retire plenty of cornerstone players they didn't even try to resign James Bradbury you saw a lot of players in that secondary well not even the sec- just not the secondary but on that defense who left which prompted them to use all seven of those picks in 2020 on defensive players now the first one in round one seventh pick overall was Derek Brown so far in his career here in Carolina 29 out of 32 games he started as a Panther. In 2020, he had 34 tackles, eight tackles for loss, two sacks. Last season, had 41 tackles, eight tackles for loss, three sacks. So pretty much same numbers from his rookie season to his sophomore season in the NFL. And there's much consternation, especially in his rookie year, about the lack of a pass rush that Derrick Brown was able to create here in Carolina. And I think not having K.K. Short next to him and a veteran next to him Certainly helped him. Zach did not help him. Zach Kerr tried to do his best filling in for KK short later on in that season. Uh, you can even go to last year. I thought that the signing of Daquan Jones would help the Carolina Panthers and would help Derek Brown and his numbers, at least the tackle numbers, went up a tick. But also you go back later on in the year when he was benched and he was not he didn't start. And it's never great 
to have a player that you invest a first round pick in his second year later on in that getting benched. And just the reasoning, Matt Rule just talking about a guy becoming complacent and all that. But he played fine the last couple of weeks. But still, we have yet to see that jump that a lot of people were hoping to see last season from Derek Brown. Now going from year two to year three, and this being an important year in terms of where the Panthers want to exercise his fifth-year option this time next year, he's got to get it done. Absolutely, Derek Brown needs to show us more. Overall, he started. He's been healthy. He's had a decent impact. You just need a lot more coming into 2022 out of that pick. Now, Ytor Gross-Minos was the second pick for the Carolina Panthers, picking the second round, 38th overall. He started nine of 26 games, only started two games last season. He's dealt with injuries, whether it's been his ankle, having COVID, had an awesome game last year in Buffalo. We had two and a half sacks. He's had six sacks through his two seasons, and not bad. Six sacks in 26 games, just considering the amount of snaps that he has not played or he's been able to play. Um, Morgan Fox came in last year, was mainly the starter there at the position. They cut Morgan Fox with the opportunity to now allow Etor Grossmatos to step up and show what he's capable of. And I actually expect a lot out of him heading into 2022. I think he can be an excellent pass rusher for the Carolina Panthers there at the defensive end position in Phil Snow's defense. And I am really excited to see what he can do for the Carolina Panthers moving forward. It's also an important season for him, not being on being a first round pick year three, First time really being the starter needs to show the Carolina Panthers that he is someone worth investing in in the long term, even though they don't have to make a decision on him this upcoming offseason. Well, next offseason in 2023. Now, obviously, the best pick that they made in 2020 was Jeremy Chen. Traded up for him, 64th overall. The nephew of Steve Outwater, the former Denver Bronco, Pro Football Hall of Famer, and he is... I'm not saying he's going to the Hall of Fame, but he certainly is already on that kind of trajectory, just the way that he's played so far in his career. He started all 31 games that he's played in, 100-plus tackles in both seasons that he's played. Only John Beeson, only John – and my Apple Watch is going off. Only John Beeson and Luke Keekley have started their careers at back-to-back 100-tackle seasons in Panthers history. Only two interceptions. So maybe you want to see more turnovers, at least more uh, takeaways from Jeremy Chin. But right now, to me, he's one of the best picks the Panthers have ever made in the second round. He could, at the end of the day, end up being the best pick the Carolina Panthers have ever made in the second round. Like, other notable second-round picks in Panthers history. Ryan Khalil, who's a stalwart at center for the Carolina Panthers for years. Chris Jenkins, Mike Rucker, two great players on that defense in 2003 that went to the Super Bowl. Mike Minner who was one of the captains on that team at playing safety on that defense in 03, and another one of the key players in an 03 Super Bowl losing team, unfortunately, Moussin Muhammad. All those guys were great for the Carolina Panthers, but I don't know if any of them came in the league and immediately had the kind of impact that Jeremy Chin has had here in Carolina. Like, I love Chin, and he's got to be one of the best young defensive players. I, it's crazy to me so far that he has not been a pro bowler, that he didn't get defensive rookie of the year. I get it. Chase Young. Number two pick, all the expectations came out, played well for Washington, but then last season didn't follow it up. Jeremy Chin's been nothing but consistent. Might need to get better when it comes to um, in-pass coverage. Wasn't great at the linebacker position his rookie year there last year. It was okay, but playing more in the box where they want him at, being able to come in and potentially play linebacker as well, a versatile player, by far the best pick that they made that year. Troy Pride Jr., picking the fourth round, pick 113, Forced to start day one based off of just the unavailable, uh, just not having a lot of options there at corner. Eventually, they brought in Rasul Douglas, who was just okay for the Panthers, didn't had a breakout season last year. 
for Green Bay. Started eight of 14 games as a rookie. Likely would have been cut last year had he not been injured in week one of the preseason at Indianapolis. No idea what his future is for him this upcoming season in Carolina. I would imagine he's probably not long for the Carolina Panthers. You look at they brought in J.C. Horner they drafted last year at the overall. They have Dante Jackson, who they've who they've re-signed. Uh, they have Keith Taylor. You also have C.J. Henderson, Stan Thomas Oliver, who we're going to get to, is more of just a special teamer. You brought in Chris Westry. He doesn't necessarily fit the mold of the corners that we saw a couple years ago, like Richard Sherman there in Seattle that Scott Fitter was trying to bring here to Carolina. So I don't know if he necessarily fits this defense. And unfortunately, it looks like he's not going to be long-term fit here in Carolina. The same Possibly the same case might be said for Kenny Robinson Jr. Fifth round pick, picked 152, didn't make the initial 53-man roster in 2020 or 2021, was signed the very next day to the practice squad, has been on and off the active roster the last two seasons. And he's played 19 games, made one start last year, came on later on towards the end of last season. Injuries were a part of that. Matt Rule and his Panther staff said they could see something in Robinson but when you look at the, the defensive depth chart right now, heading to 2022, yeah, Jeremy Chin's ahead of him. Xavier was ahead of him. Justin Burris and Sean Chandler. He's third at either the free safety or strong safety position on the depth chart and would not be shocked again if he does not make the initial 53-man roster and then gets re-signed to the practice squad, which right there tells you that they probably didn't make the right decision there with the fifth-round pick. And then Bravion Roy picked six, round six, picked 184. Been a rotational interior defensive lineman. He's played in 32 games, started 11, nine of those coming in his rookie season. Only three total tackles for loss, one sack, not a major impact. It'll be interesting to see what the team thinks of Phil Hoskins, the seventh-round pick out of Kentucky last year, and that will probably fact dictate what Roy's long-term viability here in Carolina is to stay on the roster. Like, it's going to probably be an either-or situation with those two guys moving forward. So we'll see how that plays out. Then the final pick of that draft, seventh rounder, two pick 221 with Stan Thomas Oliver at a, what, FIU? Uh, key special team piece so far. He's playing 22 games. He's been called up to play corner a couple times just out of necessity. Overall, I think, to get something out of the seventh rounder, which is in years past they weren't really getting um, from that pick was is I think a positive for the Carolina Panthers. So you really look at it. One of the seven guys has turned into an outside outstanding player so far through his first two seasons here in Carolina. There's still a chance that Etor Gross Matos steps up and becomes a really good player for the Panthers. Uh still a chance that Derek Brown can also live up to his draft slot. We'll see. But the other four are either going to be rotational players or won't be on the roster here in the very near future in a couple of months. So one out of seven, possibly three out of seven, not great. And that's what we knew about Marty Herney. Wasn't very good when it came to drafting in middle parts of the draft. But I also would place a lot of these guys on Matt Rule. Like Bravion Roy came from Baylor. That's a Matt Rule guy. I would say Matt Rule, the guy who signed a contract for seven years, potentially what, $63 million, so $9 million a year, had more say in that draft room in 2020 than Marty Herney who was here to hang out and teach David Tepper how a football team is ran. Well, how a football team's not ran very well, but how a football team is ran. So I'll put a lot of this on Matt Rule. And I'm not going to sit here and say like, oh man, they messed up the evaluations. Like it's new head coach coming in. General manager probably shouldn't be there anymore. Old scouts who aren't really here in Carolina anymore. Eh. So at least they got Chen. So I'll give him a lot of credit for that pick. And we'll see what happens with gross mottos 
and Derek Brown. Now compare that to the 2021 draft class. So far, there's a lot more guys out of 2021, and that's promising heading into 2022 in a couple weeks of what can happen here in Carolina and Scott Fitter's ability to maneuver draft picks and find ways to get more picks and get more bites at the apple. Now, J.C. Horn last year showed a lot of promise, was cornerback number one, started the season, was going on the number one receiver, and I thought would have had a fantastic year last season. Unfortunately, broke his foot there in week three on the road in Houston. He shows promise, but was injured. Terrace Marshall, kind of the same way. Didn't really see a lot of flashes from Terrace Marshall. He looked good in training camp, which doesn't really mean anything at all. Got into the season, got a concussion, missed a couple weeks. I mean, that's Sam Darnold's fault, too. Got his receiver killed, tried to get Robbie Anderson killed, tried to get DJ Moore killed. A lot of hospital balls being thrown last season. Hopefully, we don't see any of those upcoming here in 2022, whether it's Darnold or a new quarterback starting there for the Panthers. He's got promise, but he's got to be healthy. Hasn't been healthy really the last three-plus seasons. Even at LSU in that 2019 season, he missed a lot of games that year when Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase were going off with Joe Burrow because of injuries. So if he can finally be healthy, and that knee, that was a concern, which pushed him out of the first round. If he can be healthy, he can be a really good player for the Panthers. And Lord knows they need a third wide receiver to step up or someone to supplant Robbie Anderson. Robbie's not going to bounce back. Brady Christensen has all the makings to be a long-term starter, whether it's going to be a guard or tackle, hell, maybe even center one day. He's going to be a long-term starter for the Carolina Panthers. Tommy Trimble at tight end, feel the same way about him being a long-term starter for the Panthers and hopefully developing now in Ben McAdoo's offense as someone who can be a pass-catching tight end and can be really reliable, something the Panthers have missed for the last couple of years with Greg Olson fighting those foot injuries and Ian Thomas not living up to um, – the potential that he has shown that he at least has within him. We'll see if he can get, if he can now happen after getting that contract extension here in Carolina, Chuba Hubbard, he's back up. Well, I'm interested to see how it's going to play out. Now that you have Deontay Foreman, who looked really good last year playing in place of Derrick Henry, who hurt his foot and was out until the divisional round of the playoffs for the Tennessee Titans last year, Foreman gave himself another opportunity in NFL and they want to be more of a downhill rushing attack. If you have Christian McCaffrey, who they still want to run a lot at running back, I would think Foreman would be getting more carries than Hubbard. And Hubbard's not great out of the backfield as a pass catcher. So not quite sure what he's going to offer for this team next season. We'll see how that rotation goes. Now, Davion Nixon potentially could be a good interior pass rusher. Problem is, hurt his knee last year, so we don't really know what we're going to get from him in the future. Um, Keith Taylor, team seems to like him. Rotational player moving forward. Uh, let's see. Deontay Brown, rotational player right now, has starter potential. But I don't think he's going to supplant Bradley Bozeman or Austin Corbett this upcoming season. And it also depends on how things factor out. If they get a tackle there at six, that guy's going to start day one. You're going to have Christensen somewhere on that offensive line starting. Bozeman somewhere starting. Corbett somewhere starting. And then you're going to have Taylor Moten. So he's going to be a good depth piece this upcoming season, but has starter potential. Shai Smith with the legal issues going on might never play for the Carolina Panthers again. Thomas Fletcher, who the hell knows? He needs to beat out J.J. Jansen, in my opinion. And then Phil Hoskins, like with what I said with Bravion Roy, going to possibly be in either or situation with those two guys potentially being a rotational player. So that's one, two, three, four, five is, I mean, maybe like seven or eight of the 11 who could absolutely play a role here for the team in the future. And a lot of these guys have played, like no matter what's happened, all the draft picks that Matt Rule has had and that the Carolina Panthers have the last two years have gotten an opportunity unless they were injured. So 
that's positive that it's just like guys aren't flat out getting cut and then not be coming back. Cause at least with Kenny Robinson, he came back. But so far looking at the 2021 draft class and even 2020, there's some reason to feel optimistic. Now after a full year of Scott Bitter here in Carolina at the Panthers in two weeks time are going to be nails on, not on just the first round, but potentially they can get there in day two. And then on day three on that Saturday rounds four through seven, they can find more players that can help this team in the future. Now, they're going to be talking to some of those players here this week and the next couple of days as they're continuing their top 30 visits. Three more quarterbacks came to Charlotte on Tuesday. We'll talk about those guys and which of the three would make the most sense for the Carolina Panthers if they were going to take a quarterback, whether it's at six or later on there in the first round or early in the second round, if they can get a day to pick. We'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked On Panthers. We're almost midway through the month of April, and I, we're well past, guys, the time of the year where everyone is pretty much giving up on their New Year's resolutions, but I'm not doing that, and you're not doing that. We're sticking to a resolution of eating right. Thanks to Bilt Bar, it almost feels like we don't really have a resolution because we actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Bilt Bar Puffs? If you haven't, missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best-tasting bars, Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Matter of fact, all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. That's 100% real chocolate on every single Built Bar. They're low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better tasting, and they're better for you. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Carolina Panthers continuing their top 30 visits leading up to the 2022 NFL draft here in 15 days down in Las Vegas, Nevada. And they had a couple prospects in on Tuesday. Now, one of them was Bayless Jones Jr. from Tennessee, formerly of Southern California speedster. One of the best returners in the SEC last year in all of college football. Also had a top year receiving 800 yards receiving, seven touchdowns. Could be someone who could fill in that Punt returner, kick returner, specialist role the Carolina Panthers are looking to fill. We have no idea who that could be. I'm going to maintain that the best returner on the team is Christian McCaffrey. But I know in the NFL, they don't do that. You can't risk some of your top players in those specialist roles. But hey, if you want a big return like last year, when they put DJ Moore out there, who struggled when he was put in that role as a rookie, just holding onto the football and not fumbling it, they went out and want to bring DJ Moore. So I would love a situation late in the game. Carolina Panthers trying to get in great field, field position. Why not put McCaffrey back there? But I get got to be healthy. Bayless Jones Jr. potentially who's met with the Panthers on Tuesday and will later on meet the Indianapolis Colts, according to Ian Rappaport. 
maybe he could fit that mold. Now, wide receiver is not the position that we're too keen on talking about here in Carolina, just based off of, well, they have DJ Moore here is extended. Robbie Anderson at least here for one more season. We'll see if he can bounce back. Terrace Marshall, who they drafted last season. And after that, well, Shai Smith, we don't know what his future is. Maybe they could be interested in bringing in another wide receiver here in Carolina. And you can never really have too many wide receivers in this past happy league. Now, the problem is you need a quarterback, and the Carolina Panthers are all over all of the capable, well, hopefully capable college quarterbacks out there that are available in the 2022 NFL Draft. They talked to Matt Corral, Malik Willis, and Desmond Ritter all on Tuesday. I know on Instagram, Matt Corral had uh, shown a video of him out there at Bank of America Stadium on Monday night. So I guess he was there Monday night and all throughout the day on Tuesday, speaking to the Carolina Panthers brass, who a couple weeks ago were down at his pro day in Oxford, Mississippi, um, on the campus of Ole Miss, and we're trying to figure out they wanted to have a time to meet with him, eat dinner with him. So I imagine last night, just, just guessing speculation that possibly he was in early so the Carolina Panthers could take him out to dinner on Monday. So I'm sure we'll get some uh, more insight there from some of the Panther insiders when uh, breaking down with the what went on with the meetings with Matt Corral and the Carolina Panthers, Malik Willis, who I think all of us fell in love with a couple weeks ago at his pro day there at Liberty, just wowed with his arm, his athleticism, the leadership that he showed, just his personality. Like that is someone who could bring fun back here to Carolina. Cam Newton talked about the pride missing here in Carolina. How you want to bring the pride back to Carolina? A guy, Malik Willis, who played for Cam Newton's seven-on-seven team, who's also from the Atlanta area, like Cam Newton, has a big effervescent personality, and that smile is just a million bucks golden, man. You would love that dude to be here in Carolina and someone that this fan base could absolutely wrap their arms around and get behind. So we'll see. I believe that he's their top quarterback right now, and I believe that if he did enough in his meeting on Tuesday to show the Carolina Panthers that he is the guy, the future, that he will be the pick there at six. I think that that will be the case. Now, there's also a case for Desmond Ritter, who of those three guys who visit the Panthers on Tuesday at the quarterback position is the most accomplished in college. Back-to-back American Athletic Conference titles there at Cincinnati. Had an undefeated season in um, 2020 before losing to Georgia down in the uh, Peach Bowl in Atlanta on a last-second field goal, then came back, became the first group of five programs to ever go to the college football playoff. And, you know, I think they didn't get their doors blown off against Alabama. They actually, you know, acquitted themselves quite well, considering that my thought was always whenever a group of five went there, they were going to get absolutely clowned. Now, they had no chance at the line of scrimmage and all that kind of stuff, but Ritter wasn't great in that game necessarily. Was kind of late on a couple throws, timing issue, had a couple of them knocked down. That's something you can work on. But good frame, good athleticism. Maybe if they trade back, that might be someone they can get later on in the first round or or or, or early in the second round. Now, preferably, you'd rather get a quarterback there in the first round because if he's not going to start this year, what, however it works out, you want to have the option, the fifth-year option to maybe give him a year to wait and then get a couple years to see what he can do. And then you can exercise that fifth-year option or not or at least have the opportunity to keep him there before paying him big money where – if you get a guy in the second round or later, got four years, you got to really see him play right away. So there's a case to be made about Desmond Ritter potentially being here in Carolina. I, I like the player. I just think of the three guys that came here on Tuesday, the one the Carolina Panthers need to draft is obviously Malik Willis if they want to draft a quarterback there at six. Now, will Willis be there later on in the middle part of the first round? I don't know. Sounds like Pittsburgh likes him. Now, Pittsburgh, they got to trade up if they want to get him. There's other teams out there like Atlanta. Maybe they want to trade up and get them. The Saints, who 
with the trade last week with the Eagles, there are some murmurs that they might be trying to get ahead of Carolina or they're stockpiling for next year. Same thing for Philadelphia. I don't know. I don't know. But the three that came on Tuesday, Willis, again, is the pick there at six. They truly fall in love with him, and they want a quarterback there at six. But still, what they really should be doing is either taking a left tackle or trying to find a way to trade back and recoup a day two pick to help further build this roster heading into 2022 in year three of Matt Rule. All right, that's going to wrap it up here for this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council. Make sure, again, to watch the show and subscribe to the show over on YouTube, and be sure to check us out on all of the podcasting platforms. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Odyssey, wherever we are there. Make sure to also follow me on Twitter at Julian Council where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. So get those questions into me now by either adding me on Twitter at Julian Council, DM me on Twitter at Julian Council, or leaving a comment from a show on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday of this week here on Locked on Panthers, and I'll answer it on Friday. In the meantime, take care, keep pounding, and I'll talk to y'all on Thursday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.